What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Stormcrow Comic Cast issue seven. I'm Ruben G. I'm Kevin Merrill. And the final issue, Batman Court of Owls. We're here. Yeah. Yeah. Our first story arc. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's coming to an end. It's a little bit of a milestone for us. It was fun writing and drawing it and yeah, yeah, yeah. getting it published. It was I'm an exciting process. Very proud that uh, my first comic ever published was Batman Court of Owls. Yeah, that was yeah absolutely. A huge accomplishment. I, I, both of us. Were you the writer or was I the writer? Did you draw? I don't remember I, I the details. I think we switched. We switched. Okay. Back yeah. and forth. We flipped <laughs> to see who would go first and then. Yeah, it's our first story arc. I, I'm very excited about our future story arcs that we'll do which you might confuse for actual professionally done published uh but it's all us we're taking complete total credit yeah yeah this is it's us that's right (laughs) um but no 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 obviously uh batman the court of owls final issue issue seven uh scott snyder greg capullo uh they're pretty impressive uh opening new 52 storyline is coming to an end this up this issue that's right that's right i think uh they acquitted themselves Quite well, uh, yeah. really enjoyable. And, uh, you know, we'll go through the issue as we normally do and, and sort of recap and think about some highlights and some of the stuff we enjoyed. Uh, but really some quality stuff. And honestly, we're picking stuff we like. Yeah. So, you know, even when we seem critical of different things, uh, keep in mind, we're not going back to read stuff we hate. These right. are pretty genuinely good stuff at least by our poor yeah. standards i seriously <laughs> doubt unless we're just grasping you know at whatever we can possibly get our hands on because we've just done so many episodes i doubt we ever go back and do like the first story arc of young blood from the 90s <laughs> or something like that you know brigade yeah wildcats <laughs> those, those were uh, earth shattering uh, pieces of crud <laughs> <laughs> let's revisit young blood you know briefly before we get into it uh i gotta say you know, I think it was Batman six was one of my favorite covers, <laughs> perhaps one of my least favorite covers of this one. And I guess it's not terrible. I just don't like it near as much. It's a good cover, but it's not as impressive as some of the others. Yeah, it's sort of I think the, it's uh, I think it, it it does the job, but there's nothing really special about it. I loved you know? that crazy owl Batman thing whatever it was on on the previous yeah. one this one it's it's got him you know leaning over the talon in these uh you know sort of shadowed uh, yeah talons from the owls yeah. S- somewhat like you would have seen in his hallucinations and whatnot yeah. so. so it's, it's kind of neat but not not their best cover yeah anyway so um the story starts with uh sort of revisiting a moment, if you will, and we'll take a look at how true that is, but um, of Batman's, or Bruce's decision to become Batman. This iconic and, scene we've seen several times before. Right, and and sort of, uh, I was trying to remember, it was like, as I read the issue, I was like, oh yeah, this is the famous moment where Bruce decides what his future is going to hold and whatever. But then I realized, I was like, I don't know where I know that from. Yeah. Is that just something I've seen so many times over the years or, and, or maybe I'm yeah. projecting that I, I know this famous moment. You know, I think they've done like the, the bat crashing through the window before in like the dark Knight returns and okay. maybe year one possibly. Okay. Cause it was so um, familiar, but I was like, where, where do I actually remember this from? Yeah. I um, think it's been, it's been put in quite a few storylines at this point. Good. 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 Three flashbacks, things <laughs> like that. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's been done before. All right. There, there are these sort of moments. I remember we were talking about the pearl necklace of his mother after she was shot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, maybe this is better to talk about the later. But yeah. really throughout this uh, story arc, they do, um, you know, resuscitate, revisit, whatever you want to call it. A lot of these moments. Yeah. Um, I want to say maybe even one of the movies, one of the live action movies. Fair might enough. have had this scene. I can't remember which one, though. Maybe, maybe Batman Forever. Okay. Something like that. I, I don't know. I don't Th- know. Those are the, the sort of era of Batman movies that I, you know, uh, I allow myself to forget my stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There, there's like one guy listening right now. He's like, I love that movie. It didn't happen then. It was in this one. Yeah. Whatever. Just go watch. Sorry, dude. Batman Forever again. That's right. Batman and Robin. Oh. Ba- Batman. There was a few sort of 
Uh, low points. Yeah. Anyway, this book is not one of the low points. No, so. no, it's a, it's a pretty good issue. That's right. And and the scene is to paint the picture. It's Bruce sitting, perhaps in his study, yeah. uh, looking at a bust of uh, some family figure. I, I don't think it matters. And um, he's got the little handbell. And as I recall, I he, think it's his father. It's his father. I well, that so. would totally make sense. Yeah, on the bust. And um. He's got this sort of handbell with which he could call Alfred to sort of save him. I think he's been injured at this point or yeah. something. This, of course, is not directly the storyline of the Court of Owls. This is revisiting that moment. So I think he had been injured. He was like deciding whether he was just going to allow himself to die or if he was going to call Alfred, whether he, he wanted to die or live. Right. And um, in this sort of version of it, he's looking at a bat that is perched upon the, uh, the bust of, of his father, I guess. And there's a narration in these uh, these panels up here, but they're they're in quotations, which I believe indicates that these are lines that are being spoken by somewhere, someplace, some yeah. person rather. Like if if you look, um, there's specific uh, specifically this panel here. I know you the broken glass. There's the broken glass. So the bat has already come crashing through the window. Right. Has landed on top of the bust that Bruce is looking at and then flies by, back out of the window. And I cannot talk tonight. I don't know if you've, <laughs> if you've noticed that. So sorry, folks. Dude, last episode, man, I had this like three second stutter, which, you know, <laughs> was very embarrassing as I heard back. Don't feel bad, bro. You're, you're solid. Believe it or not, <laughs> we're only human. Yes, yes. No surprise to many of you. But. but it is this sort of, you know, symbolic event that's got to be very powerful. You know, mm -hmm. if if you're sitting there and the bat comes in, it perches right on the bust of your father and then exits. Yeah. Anyway, and there is also, I'll, I'll mention sort of a different color palette to these pages. It's sort of got this, like the sun is setting or it's the moon, I guess, but a very sort of red and purplish tone to yeah. everything. And we, we flip the page and the owl that had just escaped is uh, mercilessly hunted <laughs> down by this owl or the, the bat that had just escaped is, is hunted down by this owl. And the quotation is continuing and it, it's talking about how ancients believed that the moment of death brought with it visions and visions of how one existed in life and that it, it could, you know, reveal secret truths. Yeah. And so we see the uh, bat, you know, being devoured by the owl as he's talking about these powerful visions. We don't know who's talking about them. And one more flip of the page and talking about, you know, it's really lining up with Batman's current experience. He's, he's almost been killed yeah. and coming back from life and zap the, the flip of the page is Batman sort of uh, being Jerry rigged back to life, so to speak uh, with a really cool character, Harper Rowe, who mm -hmm. we, we learn about. And uh, one of the things we were talking about here in the shop was like, what was Harper Rose's first appearance? I guess this may have been it. Right. But Batman number zero, which is really the 13th issue of Batman from the new 52 to be released. Um, they sort of go back in time to when Bruce was returning to Gotham City and Harper is sort of retroactively introduced in Batman's past there. And she's really cool. She's a young girl. Um, she's got dyed hair, kind of a, a fun, crazy, punky cut. Yeah. She's got uh, piercings and she's wearing a flannel shirt, you know, which is, you know, kind of Nirvana-ish, if you yeah. will. Anyway. Oh, Small, uh, like, little side note. They're yeah. being inducted to the Hall of Fame tonight, I think. Nirvana. Yeah. yeah. And they're playing Smells Like Teen Spirit for the first time since 1994 with Joan Jett on vocals. Okay. You know. Totally comic book related. But I saw yeah. that on Facebook. I was like, oh, okay. Well. Nirvana was a big deal when I was growing up. I, uh, I remember, you know, Kurt yeah. dying and, you know, I told him, put down the gun, dude. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, welcome to the dark episode yeah. of, <laughs> of Stormcore <laughs> Comic Cast. <laughs> So anyway, uh, yeah. yeah, we're we're kind of dumb. Anyway, uh, Batman is she's got like um what what do you call him uh, for a car to the spark um, a car jump 
Jump jumper cables. cables. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know that this would actually work, but she has sort of clipped them onto the front <laughs> of Batman's uh, outfit or whatever yeah. and has uh, shocked him back to life. It is. I'm guessing like part of like his outfit is probably like metallic or something like that. And that's kind of, it's got know. the electric charge going through it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem very scientific. I'm I'm kind no. of concerned that seems like uh, something Snyder that we, is overlooking. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah, this is one of those things I think that probably only happens in comic book land. Yes, yes. So we'll go with it. She zaps him back to life. He sort of flips out. I, you know, I think you know he's been through so much, and and he dips. He does not talk to her long. He gets out of there. But importantly, we are introduced to Harper Row. Now, the quotation we were talking about earlier continues at the bottom of the page uh, with Harper. The sort of uh, dialogue that's going off off screen. Right, right. And uh, if it, it basically says, but legend has it, if a dying man resists the visions, resists the pull toward truth and journeys back to the land of the living, he may find himself greatly changed upon return. And of course, this does fit with Batman. But as we turn the page, we realize it also fits with the talent yes. who is currently being awakened by the court. Um, there's no, I don't think, real indication yet here if this is our talent or not. Because yeah. um, if you remember last issue at the end, there was sort of that revealed that there's a whole bunch of talents that right. they can resurrect. Right. So they yeah, were so, all in those coffins and, and they were ready to do away with this guy, the guy oh, yeah. who Batman defeated. They yeah, were, they were like, they this were guy, with- you know, he'll, there was that whole comment about, yeah, how his body will heal, but his mind and his spirit right, won't right. heal. So, yeah. So they, they are resurrecting, um, a man and they're talking to him about how he is faster and stronger and I think kind of pumping him up. He is the uh, the six million dollar man. Yes, yes. <laughs> Talk about some old junk. We got like sixties and seventies in here. We got some nineties. Yep. We got uh, I don't know. We were born in the wrong era, dude. I don't know dude, what's up. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like I'm sure we've talked about this on the three beards before. But if I could have been born in like eighty one instead of ninety one, that would have been real nice. <laughs> that would have been really nice, dude. Uh, Life without internet sucked. So let me just tell you. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Yeah. But but still, you would get to experience the rise of it. And plus, I would get to go to a lot more Faith No More concerts. Yeah, yeah, so. that's right. Well, priorities, man. Yeah. You know, having better taste in music would fix a lot of that. Oh, oh. I'm just giving you junk because I love you, man. Okay, so Batman, you know, he had... Um, he. he Harper saves him and we find him pulling himself through the sewer Yeah, and uh, he comes upon a sewer grate and there's a shotgun sticking out of it. Halt! Identify yourself. It's Batman. It's me. Yeah. And the one with the shotgun is Alfred, who it's kind of weird that he's happens to be down here. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe just some motion sensors, moment. too, okay. possibly. Okay. Although we're not shown any motion sensors. But if there were some down there, I guess we could assume that Batman would have them hidden or whatever. <laughs> so I think I think there are times where it invites you digging into it and thinking about the details. And then there's other times where you just got to roll with it. Yeah. It's, it's Alfred. He's down in this locked off part of the sewer. Um, he takes the beaten down Bruce back in and they really must be right near the cave, the back cave. It, it appears, yeah. which I guess would make sense why Alfred was able to get to him quickly. So, and, um, <laughs> the talon is right there, and Batman freaks out as soon as he sees it. I mean, he, he really looks terrified. Right. Um, and uh, Alfred, we we find out shortly, incorrectly identifies him as dead, but he does say he's dead, you know, and right. basically, Bruce, chill. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Um, Let's him know, you know, we, we discovered his body in the frozen water near the spot we detected uh, the short beacon from your, your suit. Uh, Alfred lets him know he he moved him here to the back cave for examination. And once again, we we come to another scene where Alfred's like, you know what? We should check up on you. You probably need to heal up and get some rest. Right. And Batman's just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm Batman. Yeah. <laughs> and I will I will describe. I, I think the talent is and probably purposely sort of a 
strung up here like uh, Hannibal Lecter, if you ever saw those yeah. movies, sort of, uh, you know, being propped up on this little... Or David um, Draymond from Disturbed. Yeah, which I do <laughs> not know what that is, but yeah, 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 just like that, just like that. Like, two people know what I'm talking about there. Yeah. I'm not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and throughout this issue, we do have brief glimpses back at to what the court's doing. And they are suiting up their talent that they have just awoken. They are arming him for battle, and they are identifying Batman as his target. And they've got some footage, it looks like, of Batman tromping through the miniaturized Gotham City that we saw inside the labyrinth. Mm -hmm. um, and they are identifying him as his target. Yeah, and they're they're pretty much, you know... Letting you know, look, this is this is our enemy. We're gonna suit you up. We're gonna arm you, and uh, and and you know, tonight we're not just gonna strike him down, but tear him apart limb from limb and eat his bones, which is like a, a theme that's going on with all the owls. And I, I guess owls so, like bones yeah. in the real world, and so it's sort of their their metaphor so, for getting down to business. Yeah, I, your bones are are. You think the court of owls? You think they're a bunch of furries? A bunch of furries. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm starting to get that vibe. I don't know. They like owls a lot. Um, yeah. Well, they do like to dress up. And that much is apparent. And so. they do probably have a lot more time on their hands that is good for them. Yeah. But anyway, after they talk about how they're going to they're gonna beat Batman, they're going to eat his bones, uh, we go back to the Batcave. Right. Uh, very next page. And uh, Dick Grayson, Nightwing, is coming down the steps. And, um, you know, Batman pretty much says, you know, oh, I, I asked Alfred and Dick cuts him off saying uh, to tell me you needed privacy, I know, but I wanted to come down and see you. Um, and I guess he notices and, you know, at this point, considering everything that Bruce has been through, he probably does look like he's in really bad shape. Uh, it doesn't really show that well in the art, though. Well, I, I don't know. There, there's a couple of things. You're talking specifically about Bruce and his face here, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, you know, it does appear that his lips are cracked. He's in very bad need of a shave. Uh, his eyes, um, while not bloodshot, maybe slightly bleary. Yeah. Um, he's a little under the weather. I sort of get the feeling. I hear what you're saying. I sort of get the feeling he's had a chance to wash his face. Right. He's had a chance to clean up a little bit, but Short of that, he hasn't sat down to rest or anything. He's pretty exhausted, but um, yeah. I think having the talent there and having something to study and to investigate perhaps is bringing him back. He's like, no, I've got work. This is what I need to do. Right. Focus on the work. And so so Dick asks, you know, geez, Bruce, what did they do to you? Um, he, he has, by the way, unmasked the talon. The talon is sitting there, uh, you know, mostly long naked. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got dark, long he's hair. Very veiny, too, like in a, yes. in a not healthy looking way. Yes. And on the, you know, previous couple of pages where we were seeing the talon being awakened, there is this sort of, uh, they're drawn, he's drawn with the pale skin. Yeah. Well, I guess these are two different talons. So both the talons appear to be drawn with pale skin. And these blue sort of varicose veins uh, throughout their body, very visible. And it does look a little unhealthy, a little weird, um, a little deathly, perhaps. Um, so they go through and, and there's a good amount of exposition in these pages, uh, particularly how the heck the dang talons were able to withstand so much damage. I mean, mm -hmm. you recall the talon falling from the top of uh, the building and when he he was fighting Lincoln and uh, Bruce and he lives. He gets up in the ambulance, kills the ambulance crew. How did he do that? Spoiler alert. He's Wolverine. He's Wolverine. Yes. He is a mutant, um, <laughs> but well, he, he does apparently have a healing factor. Yes, he does. He so. does. And Batman explains that the court has basically mastered an ancient chemical process that allows them to reanimate dead tissue mm -hmm. by soaking one's cells with a special alloy called electrum. And it appears that a deposit of this electrum was placed in the Allen's tooth, just like you might remember the John Doe, who we found in previous issues. Uh, he was sort of the Talon trainer yeah. um, and who was found with all the stab marks, the, the throwing knives. And the message about Bruce Wayne dying tomorrow. Right, right. So he had, a, he had a tooth with an owl in it that Batman discovered. And Batman discovers another owl in here. And it appears what the Talons have been doing is 
getting these false teeth or whatever, uh, filling them with electrum. And then over the years, the electrum seeps down through the body and soaks basically all the cells of the body and allows them to be brought back from death. And that's yeah. sort of the conceit here. Um, they, they talk for a while and I gotta say, uh, Dick kind of overreacts and gets really, uh, he, he takes this really personally, you know, Bruce, he, he, he's pointing out how Bruce hides so much and Bruce never wants to open up about what's going on or whatnot. And he really lays into him, even yeah. starts shouting. Now, before that, I should mention that sort of what precipitates that is Batman identifies this man as William Cobb, the great, great grandfather of Dick Grayson. Yeah. So that I guess is kind of important. He, but he, he flips out Dick does on Bruce and, um, that there's secrets and, you know, Bruce, you're, you're always throwing up walls. You won't let anybody in. You need to be, have a human emotion. I'm trying to deal with you. I got to talk to you. And he's freaking out. He's freaking out. And, uh, then you turn the page, Batman backhands the heck out of, uh, Dick. he just smacks him and he, he looks down the floor and he plucks up a single tooth <laughs> with an Athenian owl just like we've known and yeah. says, you were supposed to be one too, Dick. Dick, I was supposed to be a talent. And it looks like Haley's circus where, uh, you know, Dick was an acrobat. He lost his parents and Bruce sort of adopted him. Um, was maybe a training ground or, you know, a sort of stable, if you will, uh, for the court to find talents that they could train, that they could make part of their cult, if you will. Yeah. Um, and Dick was going to be those. Now I got to say, he's been up for who knows how long he's totally out of it. How terribly accurate was that backhand precision <laughs> hit? That's what I was the, laughing about. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally ridiculous. And it's only one tooth. Like, like he hit know, him just right. Just right. Yep. Yep. Okay. Whatever. Well, you know what? <laughs> long story short, He's Batman. He is he, Batman. He can do that. That's sort of the fallback explanation. Yeah. He's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's, I think, really the the sort of important thing. The, the issue, we're basically at its end. It's back with the court, and um, they have awakened more than just one talent. It appears like 20 or 25 of these talents who members of the court in their owl masks are ushering to the... Uh, whatchamacallit, the balcony of this tall building. Yeah. And, you know, I guess they've all been given their missions. Right. And the the court is letting them loose upon the city. Yeah, yeah. Whoever seems to kind of be the, the leader here says, uh, he's, he's, he's talking to the talents. He says, yes, this way, come see. And then he has his, his arms out and the whole city's behind him in the background. He says, for tonight, we will not only kill our enemy, but we will take back our city. We will take back our kingdom. And then you turn the page, and then he says, now go. Go and take Gotham City. And it's just all of these talents jumping off this building right. down into the city. So as, as should be obvious, although this is the end of yeah. the Court of Owls story arc, uh, it's just the beginning of Batman and Gotham City's yeah battle with these with owls the yeah, yeah and, i think next up i think the second volume is called uh city of owls i think city of owls right and 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 the short little part of it the night of owls yeah. is a multi-title crossover mm -hmm. in which different members of the bat family encounter uh different talents yeah. and have to save city figures and do these different things and Crosses. kind of fun i had i enjoyed like piecing together the different parts of the arc and it's it's one of these very specific things where events are sort of time stamped and you can read the different books and be like, okay, at 9 PM, this is happening at 10 PM. This yep. is happening. Okay. Robin should be over in this part of the city at this point, whatever. Really a lot of fun with it. Really good editing by, by DC during that, that crossover. Yeah. It took some communication. I'm sure yep. on their parts about what was going to be done and who was covering what. And, uh, 
I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, we also get more of somebody who we haven't had cause to talk about in several issues, but Lincoln March, who yes. does continue to figure into the, the Court of Owls story arc. And uh, I think it's safe to say we'll probably visit that story arc at some point in the future. Yeah, that might be fun down so, the road coming back to it. Yeah. You know? I mean, we don't want to do... 20 episodes of Batman all in a row. We're going to split it up a little bit, but we'll probably revisit it yeah. at some point. Both Kevin and I are pretty big Batman fans. Yeah. So if we, if we sort of have to fight the urge to just right. make this a Batman podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if, if the general audience would be cool with it, I would totally just keep doing this until we're caught up with where we are now in Batman on <laughs> uh, issue 29 or whatever it's yeah. up to. But I do real quick before we, we kind of move on. I want to go back to this opening scene in the comic okay. with them sitting in the chair, looking at the bat, because we've seen the scene, as you've mentioned before. But I think every time we've seen it, we've seen him sitting in the in the chair, the, uh, the bat comes crashing through. He has this conversation, you know, yes, father, I'll, I'll become a bat or whatever. And then it changes scenes. But this time, we actually got to see the bat fly back out of the window and then get um, pretty much just demolished by this owl. Yeah. Do you think it's always happened that way? Is, is that what Snyder's trying to say? We've just never seen it before until now? I'm glad you brought this back up. I would like to throw out there that, you know, the, the narration at that point is talking about how somebody going, you know, near death receives visions and secret truths and whatnot. I think it's possible that this opening part is actually a hallucinated memory of Bruce's. And what he's done is he's got this real memory of that moment in his life when he decided to become Batman. And he's superimposed the presence of the owls upon this real memory. Yeah. And so what we're getting is a not so true memory of what happened. And, you know, first of all, the, the owl catching the bat is, is happening outside the window. It's possible Bruce sees it, but I would venture it's probably unlikely that he right. would actually see it. But I imagine that he's, he's seeing his own past in a different light. Now he okay. just survived the owls. And so now he's got this deep personal memory and the owls are taking over even that. And, and, and we're, you, you see this vision and what's the next page, but him being shocked back to life by Harper Rowe. So I can almost imagine that while we're reading about this decision, yeah. he's literally on the table and he's just, you know, lost in dream or memory so you, so or whatever. So you're taking this more as a dream sequence. I think so. I didn't think about it okay. at first when I read it. So whatever, I just took it as a memory or, you know, the author's flashback yeah. or whatever. I, you know, man, I... And really, either one of us, I think, could be right. You know, we'll have to ask Scott Snyder when we have him on the show eventually. Yeah. Um, I I take it a little bit more literally. I think okay. what, I think this is Scott Snyder having fun with Batman's history. Okay. Because we never saw previous uh, in previous moments when we've when we've been to the scene, we never see what happens to the bat after yeah. that. It just goes on with the whatever story they're telling at the time. It so. absolutely could be. There's nothing I'm reading here that makes me feel like. No, it's not possible that this happened. Yeah. Uh, there's no crazy uh, hallucination looking thing like we had seen in previous issues. If there was a depiction of the owl looking unnatural or something, they'd be like, ah, yeah, see, it's not real. It's wherever. But right. there is. But none it's of very that. clean. Yeah. Nothing's exaggerated. But dude, but your your interpretation, I think, is, is a totally valid one, too, because like you said, you know, even. Even before he wakes up in this last panel, we see of the owl, the, the last little caption is Harper saying, you know, come back. Right. Or As whatever. if her voice possibly might might even be invading his dream yeah. or, you know, something like that. But I think really, I think it could go either way. Yeah. Personally, I think it would be a little bit more cool if Snyder was having some fun with the history. But it's still yeah. a cool sequence either way. Yeah. If it is just a dream or hallucination or if it really is, you know, how Snyder's telling right. us how events went down. Batman's so. got this memory, but in reality, if he looked out the window, he would have seen that symbolic bat be instantly devoured by a predator. Yeah. And perhaps that would have had even more meaning. Foreshadowing. Yeah, right. <laughs> For like years down the road, of right, course. Right, but right. you know. <laughs> true, um, true. But anyway, I just wanted to I wanted to talk about that. Oh, I'm glad you brought it up. We, yeah. we moved on. Um I think one of the things that, that we wanted to cover in this episode, um 
we want to talk about our favorite moments yeah. from the story arc overall. I'll go ahead and say this this interaction with the bat and the owl. That's one of my favorite moments. Yeah. Um, but there's there's a lot of good parts to this storyline. Um, I like just the the classic Batman action that that we got um, when he was down in the uh, uh, the subway interrogating right. those, those that different- was cool. And the, and the 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 train car goes by, and that guy is just noticing the moment. That was yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, that was that was really good. Um, and just all like the weird upside down and sideways right. panels in issue. What was that? Five, I believe so. I yeah. think. That was I felt like that was a super creative approach uh, because they could have just played it straight and just still made it obvious that he was hallucinating. But instead, they really made it a part of the book itself and how you have to hold it to read it and things like that. And they did it without doing the psychedelic stuff that you often see with Scarecrow stories where it's just, you know, incredibly over the top and things, you know, changing and, and colors and whatever. It was more realistic. But when you looked at it, you sort of had to say, wait a minute, that that's not possible. That's not yeah. how things look. And, and it's more subtle. You know, I don't want to go on too long because there, there's so much that happens in the story. But man, just anytime in general, when Capullo is either drawing the Batcave or Gotham City, I think he's really good at sort of, uh, uh, architectural yeah um drawings i think he i think he nails backgrounds um obviously he's really good with actual characters too but i love his background work um he's really good at either giving you a lot of detail in the background or just hardly any at all just depending on what the story calls for at the moment i think he's yeah. he's very um versatile in in that respect these final pages with the court you know overlooking gotham city from their balcony um it really is it's you know quite beautiful the sort of golden glow of the city in the twilight you know and and sort of the reddish purplish sky uh it's very nice and then of course that final page we have obviously the the owls as sort of gargoyles alongside the building and just a lot of a lot of pretty detail what about you what what stood out in the story for you. As far as fun moments, I really enjoyed uh, Batman's interaction with both Harvey Bullock and James Gordon. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the part with Siggy. Uh, you know, as far as this <laughs> issue goes, you know, all that's been going on and Dick doesn't touch on it at all. He's not like, man, I'm, I've been so worried about you. I mean, he, he sort of references it, but that was one of the reasons I didn't like him flipping out so much is everybody should have been worried about him. Like, give right. him a minute. Let him get his junk together, you know? Anyway, but I really did enjoy uh, two parts in particular. There's the part where Harvey is standing there and and Batman kind of just appears behind him <laughs> as if he's always been there. It was a really cool moment. Yeah. And then um, later on, there's that one panel with Jim and he's, he's smoking a cigar or whatever. And he's got that wry look. He's got his, his, his brow furrowed a little right. bit. And uh, those are just really Maybe the fun. cigarette between us. I think you're right. Too. I think you're right. Yeah. Really. I really enjoy those parts. Yeah. Um, some fun moments. The, the action was good. The reveal of the owls mm-hmm. and the talent in particular slowly. And and one other thing I, f- I forgot about yeah. this, but I think it's during the party, either like issue one or two, um, where we first meet Lincoln. Right. Um, I think it's Nightwing kind of giving Batman a little little bit of crap about having to uh, you know take take the vents to, <laughs> yeah, to do his, yeah. his disappearing some act in buildings. In there, yeah. So, you know some yeah exactly. I, I thought that was a really cool good. moment. You know, and and taking a step back, I think this arc really accomplished a lot for both Batman and DC. Remember, this is the beginning of the New 52, and there were a lot of questions about what was going to change, what was going to be the same. And they really, I think, these first six issues really gave a lot of information about continuity. You know, you have... The police, you have the presence of these guys, Uh, but you've also got even just that opening issue where Dick is undercover as Joker and they're battling all these inmates of Arkham. And so you instantly get to see, okay, um, you know, Two-Face does exist. Killer Croc does exist in this world. Joker exists in this world. And it very quickly establishes a lot of that stuff. We see Damien. 
briefly a couple times from right, this story. Right. So Bruce still has his son yep. that, you know, carried over from Grant Morrison's uh, Batman work in the in the previous DC continuity. Sure. So there are a lot of things that are consistent with uh, prior DC stories. Mm. Um, but we do get, of course, the new villains in yes. the court and, and the talents and they're Pretty awesome, yeah. I think. It was a pretty good like, job. I know. I, I'm pretty sure. I think maybe I talked about this on a previous episode. I've definitely mentioned it just in conversation in the shop. I love it. Let's see. I got to keep it censored. It was a courageous move. Um, it took cojones. To, to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> to, to, to open up Batman. One of the – our personal bias aside – Batman is one of the best selling characters for DC and for them to just hand it off to, to Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo and go, we're totally okay with you just making up a brand new villain and having your first two or three story arcs based around this brand new villain that people have never seen before. They didn't open up with a Joker story. They right. didn't open up with a two face. That would have been obvious. That would have been the obvious choice. And, and it would have been okay. You know? Yeah, it would have been okay. But instead they go, you know what? We're going to give you guys the, the freedom to, to come up with something new and we're going to give it a, a go. And it totally paid off. Yeah, the, so their faith in uh, th this creative team was well rewarded. And I think, yeah. you know, we're sort of the benefactors, but Really good stuff and well taken. What a what a brave thing to go after and, and be like, Batman, but you know what? Here's a curveball. Here is some new stuff you yeah. don't know. Um, and I think it was also probably very smart because they've still and, – and, of course, if you've read Batman, you know there's the death of the family story arc that follows this, I believe, mm -hmm. with uh, – Joker. And it sort of kept you wanting more. It was a great story arc. They hit on all cylinders. And then you're like, oh my God, I can't wait until we get Joker. And I can't wait until we get Riddler or whoever, yep. you know. And and of course we are getting those now, which is pretty awesome. Yes. Batman continues to impress. If oh you aren't gosh. reading it right now, you totally should be. It's, yeah. it's a great book. Stormcrow Comics, y'all. Hey. <laughs> Come get caught up. That's right. But um, but but really though, it's I can't I can't give enough praise. We we did have and I think I think maybe you a little bit more than, than me, although once you pointed out some things, I think I started to come around and see things from your perspective. There were some minor issues with the storyline, but overall just a fantastic read. A lot of fun to go through. Um had and, a great time doing it on the on the podcast. So yeah. you know and I think that's actually there's a little bit of uh of a parallel. This is the opening story for Batman and new 52. And it's also our opening story. on yeah, This brand it, new podcast. It does. So. It fits, fits very well. It was, uh, it's sort of serendipitous. You yeah. Know, you know. Uh, really good stuff. Uh, real pleasure. Uh, and you know, I guess, I guess that's it. So our plan yeah. is next issue episode. Uh, we're going to look at saga. Yes, and the image comic book by Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. Yeah. Awesome. Really good. Like we said, we're not doing stuff we hate. We're doing stuff we love. Yeah. Uh, but you should be aware, listeners, that although we try and keep the uh, podcast content, eh, at least PG-13, if nothing else, right. um, it's this book is definitely intended for an adult audience. And we want to talk about it. So we're going to. But at the same time, we hope we'll do it in a way that's respectful and, uh, you know, allows you to listen to this uh, when you want. But at the same time, be aware the the nature of the comic, it is intended for an adult audience. Yeah, we'll so. do our best to, to make it to where, you know, if you're listening to this, like over your com computer speakers or whatever, and you think like if you've got a kid or something that might walk by, that it's not going to be something terribly offensive. But, you know, like you pointed out, there are adult themes. That's right. So... Yeah, just the, be aware of it. We'll we'll do our best to keep it clean, but there are some plot points that we're just going to have to talk about. Yeah, and and it is, it is a, an adult series. Um, so maybe for the next you know six or so issues of the Stormcrow Comicast, maybe listen with your headphones on or something like yeah, that. Because yeah. it, it, there might be some things that you know you might not want the little ones to hear. That's right. Well, while we won't try to be uh, you know necessarily offensive, uh, do think about what's appropriate 
uh, age-wise for your family and friends yeah. and anybody Do what who you might listen. Think is best. That's right. We're but just, it is just really giving you a heads up. It is, and as an aside, uh, dude. So I, uh, my wife and I were killing a few minutes, and she was messing around on her phone, and I had the trade with me. And I was like, "Hun, just uh, just read the first two pages. It's got a really cool opening." I was like, "Just read the first two pages," and then I went back to my phone, tagging around, sort of sneaking glances. And she read the whole trade. <laughs> I was totally pumped. I really, honestly, just wanted her to yeah. check out those first couple of pages. First two pages had her hooked. Though. Yeah, oh, I was so happy. It's, it's was that, like, yeah. yeah, it's that level of 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 awesomeness. It it does catch your attention from the very beginning. Yeah. Um. I think I think as we get into this, uh, obviously, I guess we'll start next week. Um, there are some moments where I still kind of feel like Saga is trying to be extreme in some areas just for the sake of being extreme. But yeah. overall, I do love this series. I think we're going to have a lot of fun talking about yeah. it. Um, it's really good stuff. It's, it's hard not to just rip into it right now. I mean, yeah. I, it's a, a real like good I'm, one. And I'm holding the, the trade and it's kind of like, okay, you know what? We'll, we'll just save this podcast and we'll just go ahead and do issue one. Right. right, now. right, right. But, um, but no, it is, it's, it's so good. It's another example of image comics being a publisher that is, is putting out some of the best quality comics right now. And by and large, they're doing it without capes and spandex. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're telling awesome sci-fi stories, awesome horror stories, drama, crime, whatever. Sure, they do have a couple superhero titles like Invincible, things sure. like that. Yeah. But by and large, it's doing things outside of what Marvel and DC. Yeah. Are, don't are don't forget, Walking Dead is an image book, yeah. you know, and, and obviously it has its uh, science fiction elements, but it's really a human story. It's about these people dealing with the situation, not not having superpowers. Yeah. Um, and for, for any of you who maybe... Um, didn't pick up on the names uh, that are this behind this book. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn's known for uh, Why the Last Last Man. He also did work on the TV show Lost. Yeah, yeah, he's all over the place. And uh, Fiona Staples, her art has been in a Mystery Society, which I want to say was written by Steve Niles. Yeah, I, I think, think you're who right. people will know from like Thirty Days of Night, things like that. Yeah. And uh, North Forty, which yeah. I want to say was a was a Vertigo series. Don't quote me on that. I think that was Vertigo. Uh, anyway, these these people are not new to the comic industry. Uh, they know how to 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 make a, a very very awesome comic and craft uh, a heck of a heck of a story. It's good. A good time. Let's let's pull back yeah. because I really I mean I'm thinking of all this stuff that just get me juiced about right. it. Um, but we'll save that for next yeah. episode. Um, is it that time for pick of the week? Pick of the week. Um, yeah. You go. You do it first. I'm. I'm kind of lame this week. You know what? I. It would be a missed opportunity if I didn't do this, since this is our last Batman issue, at least for a while. I've got to recommend Batman Eternal number one. Good. Came out this week. Um, fantastic issue. I just read it. Uh, read it last night. Um, it's more Scott Snyder. Sure. Um, no Greg Capullo art. Instead, it's a. Uh, What's his name? Jason Fabok, I think is his right. name. Right. I think he'd been doing detective for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Still awesome artwork. Great story. A lot of focus on uh, Jim Gordon, Batman, and they, I don't, I don't know if it's a spoiler. I'll just say they introduce a new character. Okay. So yeah. um, I haven't read it yet and I, I do plan to. So. Yeah. So there is what will in the future be a potentially key moment in this issue. Okay. So, um, Really, really well, well made uh, comic. It's only two ninety nine too, which yeah. is nice because most of the time uh, here lately, uh, Batman has been at least four dollars, if not right. five, six, seven dollars, yeah. depending Big on how issues, thick the issues. But you do not know how much you're going to have to pay a given week. It's really frustrating. Yeah. Um, but it is a two ninety nine book. Uh, one of the things that, that um, makes it also interesting is is a weekly. Book. Oh, I did not know that. It's, okay. There's going to be one issue a week. I don't know for how long. Yeah, I hope they've but, got it sort of planned out really well. And they've, yeah. you know, and, the artist, I hope, has a, a lot of issues under his belt. Because my understanding is a lot of the time the art is what holds a book back. Yeah. Well, and and Scott Snyder is not alone with the story. James Tinian, yeah. Um, he did backups, I believe, in a lot of the Batman issues. Yeah, they they did the story and the script. I've just got the comic open here. Consulting writers, uh, Ray Falks, 
uh, John Lehman. I'm not. I'm not really familiar with Falks. Lehman did Detective with the Faybook, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. And I think Lehman is also the guy that did, or probably still does, Chew. Oh, right, right, right. From Image. Yeah. And then one that I'm the only person um, that I'm more excited for than this next is Scott Snyder. Tim Seeley is one of the other writers on this book uh, who people are going to know from Revival. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, it's like, so where, cool. where do I know that name? Yeah. So, Revival's a cool great story. creative team. Uh, I want to say there's going to be some other artists too uh, Jason Fabok. And Dustin, how do you say his last Win. name? Win. It's, it's, uh, I, I believe it's a Korean name uh, written N-G-U-Y-E-N, uh, but I've always heard it pronounced as Win. Yeah. So stellar lineup, stellar character with a stellar creative team behind yeah. him. And actually so. having different artists makes sense because if they're able to sort of trade off issues, uh, then perhaps they can keep the thing rolling out and not have this ginormous delay like, uh, unfortunately, a lot of books face. And I love that cover too. Just Batman with that with that pose, and but his cape is in the wind, and inside his cape are like a whole bunch of relevant characters: Red Hood, uh, Batgirl, Catwoman, uh, Red Robin. There's Harley Quinn there, Riddler. Mm-hmm. Goes on and on. So and quite see, a few characters there on the cover. And it sort of looks like the bat symbol on his chest is bleeding. It's kind of dark and gruesome. A little yeah, bit. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I'll just flash you this opening page real quick. Yeah, Batman is bleeding. So, yeah, a little spoiler. <laughs> so, page one spoiler, bro. Yes, yes. It's um, all ruined. I hate it. I yeah. don't want to read it. And, <laughs> and as you'll notice at the top left, it says the end instead, oh, of, yeah, yeah, instead yeah. of now or then or whatever. It yeah. says this is going to be the end of the story. Yeah, they I show guess. you how it wraps up. So, eh, interesting. It doesn't look like he's in a good good position. Yeah. Tied up to the bat signal there to Siggy. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, my big of the week is a tentative pick. Because I have not actually read my books. We're recording on a Thursday, and uh, I was away for a little while. He's had 24 hours. I know, right? (laughs) I know. And I'm I'm just picking my stuff up. Uh, But since you took Batman Eternal, and I'm not so inclined to do Walking Dead, which I also haven't read, but I'm sure will be awesome. uh, I'm going to point out East of West as a story that I've been enjoying, and I'm looking forward to reading this issue. Uh, East of West is sort of a post-apocalyptic United States that's been fractured into different states, organizations. Spoilers. Spoilers. Well, <laughs> I, you know, lay a little yeah, bit of it out there. It's the, it's the basic premise of the book. Yeah, it's both futuristic and very old West. A lot of cowboys, and there's the four horsemen of the apocalypse, uh, the main character being Death, and Death is depicted as, I won't say an old man, but, you know, perhaps 40 or 50 with white hair. Um, and he, he is sort of dressed as a cowboy. And the other three members of the horsemen or whatever, they've been reincarnated as children. And they and Death uh, are finding themselves at odds. And this is one of those books that really has created a, a huge world. And there are times where I felt like maybe the action suffered a little bit because it's just so world building. Um, but it is really cool. Uh, and yet another Hickman book, this guy's all over the place. Um, and yet another image title as well. I'll mention, but this is issue 11. So you've got, I believe two trades available if you're interested, but, uh, East of West issue 11. Very cool. Um, it's hard to believe that we're already at this milestone issue. Yeah. We've wrapped up our first story arc. It goes quick, you know, yeah. just trying to get things rolling. We had a little bit of a rocky star and then just bam, here mm-hmm. we are. But having so much fun with it, certainly hope you out there have been enjoying yourselves. Um, thank you for listening too, by the yeah, way. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, most definitely. And if you've got a friend who you think might enjoy, uh, don't forget with the new story arc next week, it might be a good time to jump on. Yeah. Um, Saga is awesome. And don't forget, those previous episodes are always available at 336cast.com, um, on iTunes, on the 336 Podcasting Network app for Android, uh, which you'll find the uh, the download link for in the episode description. Um, check it check it out. Uh, if, if for whatever reason this is your first time listening to us, we've got uh, six episodes prior to this, six issues prior to this. Um 
it's plenty of good stuff. And there's also a lot of other quality podcasts. Name um, redacted. Three yeah. beers. Which, you know, I, I brought this up on um, the three beers that we recorded uh, this week that'll be online this week. You guys weekend. are replacing Letterman, right? Isn't that <laughs> yeah. The deal? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Move over, Stephen Colbert. Yeah. Um, <laughs> name redacted. Um, for those of you familiar with the podcast, you'll know that they've been on hiatus since, uh, I believe, December of last year, maybe November. Yeah. Finally coming back. Nice, They're coming nice. off hiatus. So look for new issues very soon. Or the new, new episodes. Yeah, <laughs> this is messing infectious. with me. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, look for that stuff uh, on 336cast.com. Really and then good the stuff. 336cast, uh, the, the flagship podcast. Yeah, that's uh, me and Joseph Booker. Uh, we cover... Um, a bunch of a bunch of news, sort of like we do on Three Beards, except for Three Beards, we kind of keep it more within like this kind of geeky genre type. We'll sure. talk about some serious stuff from time to time, but mostly we're talking movies and video games and just crazy stuff happening. Whereas you know, on the Three Three Six cast, we'll talk about um, you know social issues, cool. economics, yeah. currencies, uh, some technology articles that catch our our eye from time to time. Like we've, we've kind of been following uh, Google with their purchase of uh, Boston robotics, mm. which is some pretty interesting stuff. If you want to check that out. Um, is that with the Oculus Rift? Is that, oh, no, who gosh. is who Facebook bought the, just bought that's that. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. I think we are probably going to talk about that on the, on the next three, three, six cast. That that's awesome. Record. I have to catch that. Um, you know, one article that, that, that sticks, sticks in my mind that we talked about and who knows if anything will ever come, uh, from it, but Amazon.com, um, their R and D um, proposed this drone idea that was really interesting. And and what would happen theoretically is if you are an Amazon Prime member, which I think is like a hundred bucks a year or something like right. that, if they can get this this drone program uh, <laughs> off the ground, um, basically what would happen is you would select that as a shipping option. Crazy. And if you're close enough to one of their shipping hubs that they have all around the country, there's a bunch of them. I think they've got dozens of them. That's mm -hmm. why your, your stuff gets here so quick from Amazon when you order. Um, it would be – I think it has to be under five pounds, but your item would be delivered to you via drone to your doorstep within 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Crazy idea. It would be super awesome if it ever happens. We'll see. <laughs> kind of frightening. <laughs> a little bit frightening, but – Still kind of cool, though. I mean, right think about on, that convenience. Right. You know, a new CD comes out that you really want or something like yeah. that, but you don't want to drive out to the store. Let's have Amazon deliver it to your doorstep the same day in yeah. half an hour. So, yeah, no doubt. That's crazy stuff. But so, I'll look forward to that episode, though. It's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Um, but anyway, again, thank you for listening. 336cast.com. Thank you for doing the show with me. It's Dude, always a great you. time. Thank you. Yeah. A lot of fun. Um, Anyway, I guess we'll talk to you folks next time with saga number one. Yes, yes. Guys, we'll see you next week.